How's it going, everybody? Here to do my indoor finale uh, episode 12 review, as well as my series review for indoor season 1. So, naturally, if you have not watched the episode, come back after you have, and then we shall jump into this thing. Alright guys, let's jump into this. Wow. So, I had no idea what to expect from this last episode of season one. You know, um, this was the perfect last episode based on everything that came before, in my opinion. There isn't a single thing that I would change about this episode. It did everything it needed to do. It brought a lot of the plot points that we've been following for the whole show to an end. It left some open. It created some new roads that we could go down. Uh, this just this just was a fantastic, fantastic episode. That speech that Minerva, I think that was her name, Marva, uh, that's what it is, Marva, that Marva recorded herself saying, um, that was powerful. That was very much the voice of a woman who just has that fighter instinct, that, that sense of justice, that, but also a person filled with a little bit of regret. A person that you know, only thinks about how much more they could have done. You know, a true hero. And to know that that was the woman who raised Andor, or raised Cassian for a lot of his life, it makes sense that he would get so much from her. And, 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 and you know, that, that rebellious spirit, that fight, that need for justice, all, all of that, you know, um, it was, it was just great. That was the first thing that really, that really hit me in this episode. The action sequence from the minute they start marching through the streets, you start hearing the, the flutes or what, what, would you really call them flutes, or are they more clar clarinets? I don't know what instrument you would classify it, but brass of some kind. Um, you know, the second they started playing it, then the drums come in, and the the chanting, the, the singing, like, it all just, you know, with the clanging of the bell, the second that that dude starts wailing on that bell tower, holy shit just the composition of this episode was perfect from start to finish perfect from start to finish um yeah i mean it was so heartbreaking seeing bix's response to when cassian gets to her but knowing that hopefully they've made it off planet that whole group of people um 
Hopefully we get to see them again next season. I imagine we will, at least for one of the arcs. Um, I just... I'm just blown away by how good this show has been. And I guess really that's what I want to jump into is my overall thoughts now. Because I loved this episode. There's really not much more. I mean, I love that moment at the end. I guess the last thing I would say is... I love that final moment with Cassian and Luthen. You know, here we've watched Luthen pretty much from midway through the show be at this point where he just wants to find Cassie to take him out. He sees Cassian as a threat because he knows what Luthen is really trying to do. And Luthen doesn't know him from anybody else, you know? And so naturally... And look, I'm not even going to say that Luthen is making the wrong call on this. If I was in his position, I would probably do the same thing. To Luthen, Cassian is just some random guy that he got to do for this job. Who who cares about him? But I think the great thing about this is... And I think the also reason why in those first handful of episodes where we got to see Luthen and Cassian interact... I think a big reason why Luthen was so willing to divulge so much to Cassian because number one, he knew he had to, or else Cassian probably wouldn't join. But I do think Luthen saw something in him, and I think that is reflected by this final episode. It would have been so easy for Luthen to just shoot Cassian. I mean, he had the gun in his hand, but instead he just gives him that look. He gives him that smirk, and then the episode ends. And it's just that you know, it's that little wink and nod to the audience that, yeah, these two, this isn't over yet. This is a partnership that's going to go on for a little bit longer. How much longer? We don't know. You know, I thought for sure going into this, I thought for sure that going into this, Luthen wasn't going to make it out um, one way or another. Because, you know, he's not in the rest of Star Wars. So... But the fact that they've kept him around, I think, is a brilliant decision. I'll be very interested to see how much of season two he's a part of, whether he actually joins forces with Mon Mothma or not, and if he's a part of the the rebellion as a as a larger entity, or if he's taken out before he can get to that point to join up with everybody. Um, it'll just be very interesting to see. So with that out of the way, I want to talk about this show as a whole now. After seeing this first season, I've said this from the beginning, and I'll say it again. This is the best Star Wars that we've gotten since Empire Strikes Back. And that's no disrespect to Return of the Jedi. But it just is. It is the best Star Wars we've gotten since Empire. Um... And that's no that's no shade on the prequels. The prequels were what they were. I love Rogue One. You know, I'm a big fan of The Last Jedi. But neither of those movies hold a candle to this. This is the Star Wars that I have always hoped for, that we would get. Once I heard that Disney got Lucasfilm. This is what I envisioned in my head. Um, 
you know, um, and I understand that a more serious approach to Star Wars is not necessarily what all Star Wars fans want. But the fact that you have the ability to do something like this, I think you should take it. And I'm glad that Disney allowed Tony Gilroy to do this because this has been such a spectacular thing. And I understand they're probably not going to throw money into doing every show like this moving forward. There is a time and a place for shows like Mandalorian and Obi-Wan Kenobi. We won't talk about Boba Fett. There is a time and a place for shows like Mando and Obi-Wan. And I understand that a lot of people enjoy that more space opera, which you typically think of when you think of Star Wars. But we need more of this. And I really hope that the Acolyte is going to share the the cinematic feel that Andor had. Because this is one of the, the... I hope that at least every other year or every two years, this is the kind of Star Wars show we get. This more, for lack of a better term, mature or, or adult kind of um, Star Wars. And by adult, I don't mean pornographic. I just mean mature. It's not necessarily something that is aimed for kids. Although, I know if I was in middle school still and I was an adult, I would love this. I would have loved this when when I was in middle school. But not all middle schoolers would and not all young kids will. So that's what I mean, you know. It's like I I want some more mature Star Wars content like this. Uh, I mean, hey, if Disney wants to push the envelope on sexy Star Wars too, I'm game for that as well. But I don't expect them to ever do that. But mature? Yes. Get more people like Tony Gilroy to do Star Wars like this. Get Wilma Del Toro. Get Nolan. Get Ryan Johnson back. Let them really push the envelope on what Star Wars is really capable of. Um, and I know not everybody likes Ryan Johnson. If you're going to use Last Jedi against him, I think you're being a fool. Um, all you have to do is watch his other movies. Just watch Looper and Knives Out alone. If you don't like Last Jedi, cool, whatever. Watch Looper. Watch Knives Out. If you don't think that is a director and a storyteller that could do a lot in the Star Wars universe, you are fooling yourself. Um, I can say this. I'm not going to say this about JJ, and I have my reasons. But talking about the sequel trilogy specifically for just a second, kind of taking a sidestep. I don't think we really got to see what Ryan Johnson or Colin Trevorrow specifically could have done in the Star Wars universe had Star Wars either A, let them do what they want to do without being tied to anything specific, or B, without a real plan in place, you know? I would love to see Trevorrow come back and do something in Star Wars And I would love to see Ryan Johnson come back. I think his original story that he wanted to do, if it was a story that could be told in the vein of Andor, 
give it to me. 100%. And I think these two need a second shot at this universe. Because look, I will give fans, if Ryan Johnson ever gets to come back to Star Wars and he puts another thing out there and the vast majority of fans still don't like it, then even if it's something I enjoy, I will I will bow down to the idea, okay, maybe, maybe Johnson and Star Wars just doesn't go together. No fault of his own. Just the fans aren't ready for this. But I really think if if the people that don't like The Last Jedi but aren't holding a grudge against Johnson can get on the same side with me and if we can start pushing no, let Johnson do his original thing and that has to be made clear let him do his original thing don't make him be tied to what's come before let him do his like own original thing I think it'll be awesome and I think Andor proves that you don't have to be tied to other things to do something incredible with Star Wars. Um, now that being said, if your story is taking place during an era um, and you're playing around with the original timeline, which isn't what Johnson said his original story is, but if you are playing in like the original timeline, so of course, if, if certain legacy characters make sense to be there, of course have them there because it would seem odd if they're not. Like if you're telling a story about the Empire and you're and it's taking place between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope and you don't have the Emperor or Vader show up ever, that would be a little bit strange, you know? Like, if you're doing an Empire-centric show, they should pop up at least once or... Yeah, at least a little bit, you know? Even if they're not the central characters. Because they would be there, you know? But I want some... But I want more stories like Andor. These original stories that are grounded and deep and they can be about the Jedi they can be about rebels they could be about aliens they can be about Sith it could be about the Empire it could be about the Rebellion I don't care but I want more of this and you know I I hope moving forward everyone at Lucasfilms really realizes if they can do more stuff like the Mandalorian, Tales of the Jedi, and Andor, then I think Star Wars will be in a good place. Um, and we'll add Rogue One into that mix too, because Rogue One is an extension of Andor. So we'll say if they can do more shit like Rogue One and Andor, Tales of the Jedi, um, and you know what, we'll, we'll put, put Rebels in there too, because Rebels was a Disney Star Wars thing. Rebels, you know... Um, I think stars will be in a good place. I really do. You know, um, but we can't do any more of this Star Wars resistance stuff. We can't do any more of this Force Awakens and, and Rise of Skywalker stuff. We can't do, I would even say we can't even do more stuff like The Last Jedi even though I love The Last Jedi, and it will always be, like, the second movie on my list. You know? For me now, it goes Empire and or The Last Jedi on my Star Wars canon list. 100%. And Last Jedi will always be the second movie. But I also recognize it was divisive. And honestly, I feel like if all three directors had worked together, 
it would like those three movies would have been even better um I just I'm still just I can't believe how good Andor was as a show and that we actually got this as Star Wars fans and I'm sorry and I'm not sorry actually I'm not sorry if you are someone that does not enjoy Andor you fundamentally do not understand the DNA of Star Wars period and if you are one of these fuckers that thinks you've got to be you can like that only Dave Filoni and only John Favreau and only George Lucas no quote unquote real Star Wars shut the fuck up now you absolutely need people like Filoni or Hidalgo or other people that know about the lore of Star Wars around said person who makes project because obviously there has to be checks and balances but if you are only looking for people that know the world of Star Wars you are missing so many great opportunities I thought one of the best things about Disney getting Star Wars was the fact that we would finally be in a place where maybe some other brilliant minds and in the entertainment industry would be able to influence this world Zack Snyder Wilma Del Toro Colin Trevorrow Ryan Johnson Christopher Nolan you know Chloe Zhao like all of these different people Spielberg you know that's what I want from this so I don't want to make this about it I don't want to... I'm not really going to go into this because this is about Andor and I'm going to close off the review now. But there are murmurings that sometime between now and when Indiana Jones 5 comes out, Kathleen Kennedy is being ousted as the head of Lucasfilm. Number one, yay. Number two, I hope that whoever they get to replace her assuming this is true, will be a person who does what's best for Star Wars. Because we need a person like that that will do what's best for Star Wars. Whatever they feel that looks like. Maybe it's, hey, I'm going to find the Kevin Feige of Star Wars and put this person in charge because I don't know about this. I'm going to keep track of everything not Star Wars at Lucasfilm. I'm, you know, I'm going to control the finance part of it. But get somebody in there for the lore. Because I don't know this shit. Or whether it's, hey, I actually do know a lot about Star Wars. I know how to fix this. Let's do some cool shit. Whatever it is, I hope the next person after Kathleen Kennedy is a person that will do what's best for Lucasfilm as a whole... And stars because look, I I want to see Lucasfilm venture out for the past X amount of years. Indiana Jones and Star Wars is all we've gotten. I want them to venture into other products as well. Do more with Willow. I can't wait for next week when we get Willow. Um, I'm planning on rewatching the movie and watching the, the the show. I can't wait. But Lucasfilm needs to do more than just what they've been doing, and so I hope whoever the new boss that comes in will do what's best for the company 
and as a Star Wars fan, do what's best for Star Wars. The last thing about Andor is I have no idea what's going to happen next season. I think they said it's going to be another 12 episodes. So altogether, this whole story will be 24 episodes long. Who knows whether it'll be four three-episode arcs or three four-episode arcs. But we've already, we already know that they're going to be arcs next season. And each arc is going to be another year leading up to 15 minutes before Rogue One. When the last, when episode 24 is over, it'll be 15 minutes before when we see Cassian again in Rogue One. I can't wait for this. I don't know what the next part of the ride is going to be like. But if it is anything like the first season, it's going to be fucking incredible. So that's all I have to really say. This is my bread and butter. Star Wars is my passion. And this show has made me so happy as a Star Wars fan. And I think after seeing the entire thing, don't take this to the bank yet. This is a in-the-air kind of thing. I could It could change at, at any moment. Uh, because I'm shortly going to be going through both House of the Dragon and Andor with a friend of mine who hasn't gotten to watch either show yet. But, you know, I've been saying House of the Dragon is my favorite show that has aired this year on TV. I think Andor just took that number one spot. But again, don't take it to the bank. Don't take it to the bank yet. I need to sit on it. I'll know for sure once I go through the entire show again with my buddy. But I think Andor is taking the number one spot. I think it has flip-flopped with House of the Dragon. And I can't believe that. Because if you only knew how much I love House of the Dragon, if you only knew... Because Game of Thrones is my favorite show of all time. So I love House of the Dragon. So I'll have to see. I'll have to see. I am planning on doing my top 10 movies and top 10 TV shows of the year at years in. So we'll have to see where I'm at by then. Because I could I could flop back to House of the Dragon being number one. We'll just have to see. But right now, Andor has taken the number one spot. As a Star Wars fan, and I'm almost getting a little bit emotional talking about it, I never thought we would get something like this, and we did. And this show has been a 10 out of 10 since episode fucking one. This is a this is a perfect show. Perfect. I'm not saying that from an artistic point of view. I'm talking literal. This show has been perfect since episode one. And I couldn't ask for anything more. So with all that said, thanks for listening to my review of the indoor season finale and the series as a whole. I have thoroughly loved this show. And hey, it's not like an hour long. It's only 23 minutes and change. I don't believe it. I said in one of my pod- on my last indoor review, hey, I'm going to talk about this a lot. It might be an hour long or something. Nope, not even close. I've said all I needed to say. Um, So good. So good. Thanks for listening. I'll see you guys in the next podcast. Peace.